Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, Housewives, welcome back. Hey, we're excited to have a return of a guest again today. We are going to branch off. We already talked about kids' finances in the past, and now we're going to branch off and talk about the big kids preparing for college. Yes, yes. And even if this is not on your radar or you just told your own children like, hey, mom and dad aren't paying for college. You better get a scholarship. We're going to touch on a lot of things that you need to prepare for, which is totally okay. You're allowed to do that. Okay. Just want you to know you don't have to pay for your children's college. So we have got Brian Sarf here. He is with True Wealth and Company, and he is Andrew and I's personal financial planner. And he has exceeded our expectations. Dare I say that? (laughs) And it's just incredible about the broad, I mean, he's so knowledgeable on everything. And I don't say that lightly by any means, because we talked about so many different pieces of financial health and what Andrew and I are trying to do. And our girls are 10 and 9. And I feel like you have set us up so well to go into the next years and what that looks like. And Andrew's outrageous goal of what he wants to retire at 50. (laughs) God bless him. That's really close. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Andrew. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's not going to. (laughs) Anyway, no, he is not allowed to retire yet. But we wanted to talk today about the older kids because Mm -hmm. I think parents, whether they start freaking out when they see how much college is going to cost because they either haven't, they were like, well, Sally's going to have to get a scholarship. And then, but other things that go with that, that parents are like, unless they know, they don't know. So let's talk about that. First, what is your thought about parents paying for college? I think it's one of the responsibilities of parents is to help your kids figure out what they're going to do for college. And I think it's a responsibility if you're able to do it. You can't borrow for retirement. So we have to make sure retirement's on track. But I think putting some money aside for college and, and helping the, your, your kids figure that out. The earlier you start saving for college, it's so much less that you can start with two or 300 bucks a month before they're born or right when they're born and that, and you can fund a lot of college and you don't have to take super aggressive risks to get there. But it's just important to start early and to put a monthly amount aside to start saving for college. A lot of people don't start saving for college until middle school. Hmm. And that point, the market's not going to help you much unless you're lucky to get a, a, a five-year period that's just right. fantastic. But the earlier you start, the more, the more that compound interest is going to help you get through it. And is that just a general savings or are we putting it into like a 529 plan? What kind of saving are we doing early um, on? You can use 529 plans. I'm not a big fan of 529s because they're inflexible. They have limited investment options. You can only change your investment choices a few times. So if the economy is going through a a big upswing and you want to be more aggressive, or if it's going through a big downturn, you can't really go do anything and change that. 
as you're going through it. And so I'd like to have more control over it. So I tend to use a brokerage account and I just put it in the parent's name and the kids are the beneficiary mm -hmm. of it. If you have all three of your kids could all be the beneficiary or you could set up a brokerage account for each one of them. If they're getting money from birthdays and Christmas and just other savings and working and out of there and there's some money that's going to be used for college, you can then break those three up. I like that. Yeah. So as parents getting ready for college, what are like some things that we should be looking at financially? There's a few things I would look at for college. Number one, you want to have a conversation with your spouse, whoever's going to be paying for college. Um, how much mm -hmm. do you want to pay? Because you don't want to figure out later, way down the road what, that, you're, that you have different mindsets for college. Sure. One might be, well, my parents couldn't afford anything, and I had to pull up my bootstraps and work for it, and I graduated with no debt. <laughs> As Tracy raises her hands, own. yeah. Versus others where my mom and dad paid for everything. Both worked out fine, mm -hmm. but it's a matter of talking as a, as a couple of saying, do we want to pay for 25%, 50%, 75%, all of it? What's your intention for it? And then how are we going to save for it? And then figure out how much it is for a month. There's a calculation that's called time value of money. And you don't have to go back and figure it out and know it. You can just go to, you, again, you can go to, I like going to Google Bard. And you can just type in, hey, help me figure out that I'm going to spend, if college today is 100 grand a year, and it's growing at 7%, and my kid is two years old, how much is college going to be when they're 18? Oh. And what's it going to cost for four years? And it will tell you. You just talk it like that. Talk into it. It will tell you what it is. And then say, okay, if I'm going to start saving now, how much do I have to save per month if I'm going to earn 5% per year or 7% per year? And it will tell you what you need to save per month and put it aside. That's amazing. So but is it Google, B-A-R-D? Yes, okay. Google Bard. It's Google's AI engine. ChatGPT is awesome. I use it as well. But Google Bard's more current and it has like yesterday and today's updates are available for it where ChatGPT ends in September of 21. Didn't Which think we were going. Cool. Didn't think we were going to AI in this episode. I'll tell you that, friends. <laughs> AI is a parent's friend for all these things that you know. It, it just it has some good ideas. It doesn't have all the right answers. Yeah. But it just has other ideas that maybe you haven't thought about. Mm -hmm. And and then the other great thing is how can I explain it to my five year old, seven year old, twelve year old, fifteen year old, whatever? And it will give you some ideas and some suggestions of how to communicate better with them. It's fantastic. And will it give you the abbreviations? Because Tracy texts me abbreviations for words. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I have. Did, I'm like, what, you don't have what, teenagers yet. I don't have teenagers yet. <laughs> what, what, what does this mean? <laughs> please, please. Yes, please. Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> which, is, which is funny because I'm the younger one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think with just a quick aside on, on AI, and we didn't, we didn't want to go there, but <laughs> it's, it's about AI. All the information in the world is at your fingertips. But what people need is advice on what to do with the information. And that's where the planning and the information is out there. But the advice on what to do and which path to go down is, is the role that I serve with my clients, is looking at all the different options and all the give and take that's out there. Mm -hmm. And what's the advice on which way to go and how do you kind of put all those pieces together, you know, knowing the unique aspects of each family and figuring out the best course. Well, that's what we were just talking about. Like, I can go to the internet and I can find a study that tells me that coffee is going to kill me before my 40s. <laughs> or I can find a study that coffee is going to keep me alive until I'm 95. Mm -hmm. Like, you, that all there's, like you said, like, that's your role. Your role is to go, okay, I'm going to find out what's the best, going to be the best fit for your family, for you as individuals, for you as a family. Like, what, 
what your family goals are. One of the things why I so appreciate you and what you've done for our family so far is like when in our first meeting, you asked like, what do you think about money? Like, what does money mean to you? And it's not something that we often think about. Mm -hmm. And it's not something how we like, you don't typically you think, well, okay, it gets me from point A to point B, or it gets me the house that I want to live in and whatever. But like, what Andrew and I think about money mm-hmm. influences how we invest, mm-hmm. what we're looking for, what our goals are, what we want to do later in life, how we want our girls to, if they get any money when Ems and Juliet, you better behave if you want anything. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm leaving it all to a nonprofit. <laughs> just telling you. But like that is something that we don't think about and we just make quick decisions. And I just really respect that. And that's one of the reasons that I know. There's four levels of thinking. And most of us in the world spend time on the first two. A few people go to the third level and it's rare to go to the fourth level. And so the first level of thinking is thinking about things you want or need for yourself. Mm -hmm. The second is what do other people want or need? Like everything in People Magazine, right? The the mansions and the clothes and the cars and all that stuff, right? And we think about what other people want. Third level is thinking about other people's thinking. So studying the philosophers, studying what Shakespeare wrote and meant when he wrote what he wrote, studying Hemingway, studying the thoughts of Socrates and those things. And the fourth level is thinking about your own thinking. What do I think about this? And why do I think that? And sharing that as a couple makes it much stronger when you're trying to figure out, especially around money. What are your thoughts around money? Why do you have those thoughts? And are they important? Are they valid? But writing them on paper and getting them out of your brain, so much easier to evaluate how you're thinking and then comparing that to your spouse Mm -hmm. on certain questions. And that are really, really helpful to align where you're the similar and where you're dissimilar and to talk about that. And we just don't spend a lot of time because life runs at us really quick through texts and social media mm-hmm. and the web and what's on television and all this activity. But it's the world distracting you to level one and two thinking. And you have to have time and, and you have to make it intentional to be able to have level three or level four thinking because the world doesn't typically help you with that. And you have to go search for that. Okay. Can I just call him? I'm like, I immediately am thinking of Noreen. Which yeah. is <laughs> like, I want to call you a financial therapist. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that should be your tagline, your financial therapist, because it is because like Andrew and I can have conversations like when we were in Dallas, we went to our financial planner together. About after the first one, he goes, I can't go anymore because every time I see what we have saved, it's not meeting my expectations. And, <laughs> and it just makes me angry. And that's also why he doesn't ask for a receipt when he gets money out of the ATM. And he goes, no, I do not want a divorce today. But. All of our meetings have been together with you because it is so vital for us to be on the same page. And I'll say this, like the year of 2023 has not been financially kind to us, Mm -hmm. not just investment wise, but just unexpected expenses and things like that. But like Andrew and I are a much healthier mindset when it comes financially. Like it's not scarcity mindset that we had previously mm-hmm. it's like no this is okay like this is a season and where this is a lot but i would i would attribute a lot of that to just feeling very comfortable with your leadership financially and things like that so thank well, you for that yeah you're welcome you mentioned something a minute ago i wanted to go back to you said what are things that we can do for kids to plan for college and something that's overlooked by a lot of parents 
we talked about having a plan for college of what, how much you want to pay, how much you want the kids to have an expectation to pay. And then the second one is when your kids turn 18, they're now adults and they need to have their own power of attorney drawn up so that it's a healthcare power of attorney that if they were in a car accident and they were unconscious in the hospital, that you can go in and help make health decisions because you've been mom and dad all your life. But if once they're 18 and over, they're an adult and HIPAA laws come into place. And so you want to have a document that says that if something happens to me, I want my mom and dad to make my medical decisions. Otherwise, depending on the hospital and where you're at, if they know you or don't know you, they it could be a, a pain in the butt to go through and get that taken care of. That's interesting. I totally get why. But how long can kids stay on the health insurance with parents? Until 26. So they can stay until 26, mm-hmm. but you can't make any decisions once they're 18. That's right. That's Weird. crazy. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they're their own advocate at 18, yeah. right? Yeah, and right. So, so that's really important for them that that they're able to advocate for themselves right. and that they're able to make those decisions. But you just want to have the legal paperwork to fill out. Yeah. Of what well, they're able to do for health care and then also a, a, a power of attorney for financials. That mm-hmm. if I'm in a coma or incapacitated or whatever, that my mom and dad can pay my bills and here's the power of attorney to go to the bank and do what they need to do to make sure that all my bills get paid. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I, I actually just heard of that the first time when a mom, she shared it on social media. Her son went to college and was like, hey, just make sure that you're doing this because when they're away from you, mm-hmm. like who's next to call if something were to happen to them? That's right. And, yeah. Yeah. Set of emergency contacts and yeah. all that, who to call, what to do. But mm-hmm. those legal documents, they're not that expensive. And if you have a great estate planning attorney, they can go out and get all those taken care of for you and can get those filled out. At what point should our kids have wills? I mean, because like, I feel like if they're 18 and then all of a sudden, where do things go if well, something unfortunately were to happen? Well, it also, it all depends on assets that they have. If they don't have any assets, they don't need a will. Okay. But if they're a, if they're a rising YouTube star at 14, cranking in a million dollars a year, then you need to have some planning and a trust and a will and all those things. So I would say when they start to build some significant wealth or they have some debt or they start having some possessions and those things that at least when they're married, they need to have a will. If not, if they've really gathered a lot of money where they have $100,000 or more and they're in their 20s, then they need to have a will and have something set up of what happens. And and beneficiaries work really well okay. in those instances of like who gets your bank account is it labeled TOD, transfer on death. A lot of times as a married couple, you'll use joint tenants with right of survivorship. So everything is set up joint. It shows up usually as JTWROS. So it shows up Brian and Laura Sarf, joint tenants with right of survivor. And that means that if something happens to me, Laura can get to the account. If something happens to her, I can get to the account. And it passes easily between us. But as married couple, you have full liability for each other. If you have a parent or you have a kid and you're joint with them, then that means that whatever's in that account, you're liable for what happens on the other side. And so you want to set up TOD, transfer on death or payable on death. You can be set up as a trusted contact to get copies of statements and those things to see them. But with POD and TOD, that you're not liable for anything on the other end. That's so interesting. Yeah. Those are things that haven't even like wrapped my brain around. Yeah. That's not something that you would think about until after the fact mm-hmm. for kids. So yeah, you go, I wish I would have known that. Yeah. Right. right. That's, that's yeah. what we're here for. That's what we're sharing is some tips yeah. that we can just employ when we need to. One of the other things for kids, as young as possible, kids have their credit file set up at a very early age, but they don't need credit till later. 
So I would encourage parents to go to all of the major credit agencies, TransUnion, Equifax, and I can't recall the third one off the top of my head, but you can go to all three of those and you can log in and create an account for your kids and you freeze their credit so somebody can't use their credit because there's a lot of stories out there of teenagers that somebody got their information because everything's digital these days mm-hmm. and they went in and they, st- they opened up a line of credit and the family didn't find out about it until they went to buy a new car or apply for a credit card at 18. And they're like, well, you have a terrible credit score because somebody else stole your credit. And so you just go out there and you freeze it and then it's locked in. And then whenever you want to purchase something, they'll call you and ask for your PIN number. They unfreeze your credit. They pass the application through for credit. And then when it's done, then if you freeze it again and it's closed because we're not all shopping for credit every day, but yet for most of us, our credit is wide open every day for ease of use. But it's great to put that step in there just to lock it down so somebody can't use your information to open up a line of credit and get a car, Mm -hmm. to get a phone, to get a credit card to buy bigger items than that. Would something like LifeLock, because those are meant to, right, protect you? Those are monitoring accounts to let you know that somebody's opened credit up. Okay. If you freeze it, then they can't open the account because okay. they won't, when they run your credit, it'll be locked and they can't get in. So then whoever's trying to open it, it'll be denied. Now you'll get an email or something in the mail. Like I had somebody at a credit union I've never heard of try to open something in my name a couple of months ago, and I got a an email that said, welcome to uh, some credit union. And I'm like, well, I didn't do that. And then, two, and then uh, like 10 minutes later, it said, we've denied you the ability to open the account because my credit's frozen and they weren't able to open it, but they tried. Yeah. Because there's all these data leaks from, Target yeah. had a huge one. And I mean, Equifax had one, even a credit agency had one. And there's a ton of these out there. At some point, your information, your username and password is going to get out there. And if you use the same password, like a lot of people do, then somebody's going to take it and try it and try and get in and all that. But it's just a matter of protecting credit when they're young so they don't have a problem when they get older. Okay. You can do it all from your phone. Yep. That's That's, incredible. That Mm -hmm. is incredible because we don't think about that. And again, especially until like we go to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, housewives, we are so excited. Oh my goodness, this is a dream come true. Y'all have heard us talk about our sauna sessions from the beginning, and we have Sun Lighten as a sponsor of Unlikely Housewives. Why wouldn't we have a sauna session that brings all of the good juices flowing right out of our bodies when we're detoxing. Ex- Bring it right to the unlikely housewives. Exactly. But first of all, some of those benefits. The intention of getting in the sauna for us was not to create a podcast. No. no I have another we just job. wanted to sweat. We Detox. Wa- Detox. We wanted to boost our immunity. We wanted the reducing of inflammation and some the weight puff. loss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's anti-aging. I mean, there's so many benefits to infrared sauna sessions. And so that was our initial purpose. Yeah. And just to vent, it was that season of life that we just needed to sit and talk and talk about what was going on. And that's where it all happened was in the sauna. Did you realize that there are studies that show heat therapy produces endorphins, those feel good emotions? So we were boosting our mood and ideas. So far, we boosted so far that a podcast idea came just flowing out. You guys... This is an incredible opportunity for you. You can have up to $600 off using our link, which is get.sunlighten.com. 
dot com backslash unlikely. That's get dot sunlighten dot com backslash unlikely. We'll put that link in the show notes for you too. But $600 off a Sunlighten purchase. The one that I have got is the Impulse 3-in-1 Believe. And it's amazing, y'all. It has been the best health investment for our family. I'll say my friends because I invite them yeah. over. That's how I use the saunas in your I, I know. Sweat. If I come you, over and sweat. But it's so good and such a benefit. And, and you so, said family investment. The kids can get in it too. Exactly. The second I hear that there is a stomach bug going around class, get in the sunlight and girls. Like you're going to do this in 20 minutes. Let's make sure your immune system is up to par to not bring that home for anybody. It is a family investment and you will not regret it. Again, that link for us is get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. All the link will be in the show notes. Okay, so talk to us about we're saving for college. Clearly, that's kind of the goal here, starting young. When we are getting to the financial process of applying for colleges, Mm -hmm. FAFSA is a very common resource that we're using. We previously said saving, decide how much you're going to save and how much you're going to use as a couple towards your kids. Is it 50 percent? Are you going to pay 75 percent? Whatever. Explain to us just a little bit how all that comes together. Yeah. So whenever you're ready to go to college and you have schools that that your kids want to go to, uh, you fill out the FAFSA form. It's the federal student aid system that they're using. Uh, They simplified it in December. So there's a different process to go through a fewer questions and it's not as complicated uh, to fill out. And that sets up to say how much aid are your kids able to receive based on their finances and your finances. That will look at how much money that's available for college for them to borrow at. They might get some free money in there from the government through Pell Grants and those things. They may get some reduced interest rates on aid. And then they have parent loans that are higher interest rates that aren't as friendly as a home mortgage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the student loan debt is at 7 to 8%. I guess that's where mortgages are now, but you know that's where uh, student loan debt's at 7 to 8% for a lot of people. I feel like I didn't have any interest. Would that have been possible? I feel like I locked it in with like well, I know very low interest. Yeah, I graduated college in 94 and my college wasn't that expensive. Yeah. I went to Mizzou and it wasn't that expensive. Now today it's, I don't know, five to eight times more expensive. Mm-hmm. Here we are 21 years later when my daughter's at school there. I mean, it's been, it's been raising at a ridiculous rate. Yeah. Seven and a half percent is the compounding rate. That's a ridiculous of how fast it's growing right. um, at the schools. And so does it stop? I don't know. But I, we're still planning on 7% that mm-hmm. education costs are going are to increase at that rate, which, which means that if your kids are two years old today, it'll more than double by the time school starts. For that, I mean, it's crazy. It's it really is. expensive. And at some point it has to stop. Mm-hmm. And that, But you've got to plan for some expense, which is where the planning piece comes in that you can't borrow for retirement, so make sure you've got your retirement plan set up and you're on course for your own retirement. And then the extra savings that you have, then you can begin to budget money and set it aside. Uh, so once you've got your money set up, then you apply for FAFSA, you list all the schools that you want the aid information to go to, then you're going to find out how much aid your 
that you're able to get for school. And then you can choose, do I want to take that loan out of there for college or do I want to use the money I've saved to apply towards it? Or maybe you only have enough for two years of college. And so you're going to use student loans for the first two and then use your money for the second two or maybe use it for the first. But at least you begin to know how much is going to be out there. And then you can see how much debt it would cost to go through college. And it's it's quite alarming when you start adding it up. But it's for a, for a normal school, just to go like here and where, if you go to KU, it's about 25000 a year for everything right now, 26000 a year. So it's a hundred grand easy for college right now for tuition, room and board books mm-hmm. and everything. It's about a hundred thousand bucks. Okay. So I have a question. Community college. Yes. What, Andrew and I both did community college and then went to our four-year schools. Thoughts on how that sets you up for financially? If kids go, certainly community college can help. It's much cheaper to go to community college than it is to go to college. It just depends on the experience the kids want to have and your, your, and your kid. Because as freshmen is where you would, if they're more social and they're going to join a fraternity or a sorority, that typically happens in your freshman year, that you build that camaraderie and you build that group of, of kids that you're, you're with all the way through college. That happens. If some kids want to go faster than what's at school. And so community college can help you go faster where you can start doing community college while you're in high school. Mm -hmm, And you can actually get a year or two completed. The kids can test out through their community college by if they've taken advanced courses and they can take and pass the AP class, they can get credits that reduce the number of years that that it takes to get through college. Mm -hmm. So community colleges are, are wonderful resources to either use while you're in high school to test out a classes to get credits or to actually take classes to get credits to help get through college faster. And it's all going to depend on your kid and what they're after. They're all unique and different. There's no one size that fits all. Some kids don't want to go to college at all. They want to go to trade school. Others want to work for a few years and then go to college. Mm -hmm. Others are ready for college right out of the gate where they go. And I think it's important as parents that it doesn't have to be the traditional that you have to leave high school and you have to go to college. Right. Some kids, it's just not going to fit for them. And so you help them find a different path of how they're going to find employment and how they're going to find their way through college and what that might be for them. Question is, what if college is not for my kid and I've been saving for it? Yeah, that's why I use a brokerage account and not a 529. Okay. Because then you can redirect that money to something else. Like, let's say you've saved up $100,000 for college. Then you have the money there and they decide not to go. Well, you may pull that money back and use that yourself for retirement. You may say, you know what, I'll help you buy a car or, or start a business or, or buy your first home or whatever with that money that's there. But yeah, then you've got options at that point of what you'd like to do with it. So for the ones that do the 529 plan and a kid doesn't go to college, where does it go? The, the last time we raised the budget at the end of last year, uh, they put a line in there that if there's money in a 529, it can go to a Roth IRA that's unused. But it's unclear if it has to go to the parent's Roth IRA or the kid's Roth IRA. And I haven't seen any clarity yet of how that rule is to be applied. But if it's in a 529, you can move it over to a Roth IRA. And there's some rules and stipulations that you had to have the 529 account open for a number of years. I think it's 15 years open. And then you can move it to a Roth where it's not like you can do because you can you can super fund a 529. And so you could put in $85,000 up front. Well, they don't want people to be able to put 85 in a 529 and move it over to a Roth really sure. quickly. So it had to be open for a number of years and then you can move it to a Roth. And so, a Roth IRA, for those of you that it's tax-free, 
So that means that money is non-taxable by the government for the rest of your life when it's in a Roth. It's a beautiful, it's the best place to have money. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to talk about too is when we're talking about 529s is that, so my girls go to private school Mm -hmm. now and we're using our 529 for their schooling now, which I think a lot of parents don't know that they can do. Because that was just a recent change, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can take the 529 and use it for private school use it to pay for those things. If they go to community college while they're in high school, you can use it for that as well. You have the ability to use 529 for private school and those things. You can't use it for public, but any private school they go to, you can use 529s to pay for that. How about, can it contribute to like parents that are doing homeschooling? No. No. Not that I I know of. Okay. I was just curious. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, because with obviously the landscape of what public education looks like now, I know a lot of families are looking at alternative options rather than the public school system. And so to know that that if they have been planning for that, that they can be using that up, which is what Andrew and I have decided to do, is use up the 529. And we're now doing the brokerage account for college for the girls mm-hmm. instead. But that's interesting. I mean, as far you're right on community colleges, because Andrew and I both did Community college. I graduated graduated a year early. I'm seeing it a lot in the high schools already. I know a lot of they only go to high school part time and the other half time go to the community college. Yeah. The mm-hmm. other thing I would suggest with college, like community colleges, is look for summer sessions mm-hmm. or my community college had a winter semester and a May semester, which literally it crammed one class into two weeks mm-hmm. and that you could do. And that's how I just accumulated so many credits to get out faster. We're blessed to have Johnson County Community College here in Kansas City. It's one of the best in the United States. It has a phenomenal staff, a great setup. They're well-versed in all of these subjects. You can go in and talk to them and they'll explain everything to you. They have a great catalog for adult learners to go learn some things. If you have some professional things you want to learn as well, they're there. And then the kids can go there in in high Mm -hmm. school and start taking classes. And you could go there to to take out a, a couple of years of college at a lot lesser rate. So they serve a very good purpose, especially for families that want to pay for 100%, but they don't have 100000 They've got 50000 saved, and you can go to mm-hmm. community college and pay a lot less, get some of the basic stuff out of the way, and then go to college for the last two years for that experience. Or the kids that don't know what they want to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that was the reason I went at first, because I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, don't need to go to a four-year school to pick one when I have no idea what I want to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, you do a lot more things than college planning. So tell us just before we close here, who you're looking to work with, obviously, not just college. Couples, do you work individually? Do you typically work with families? Just talk to our our listeners. Yeah, I work with a lot of successful families, and I work with a lot of business owners. The more complex your financial life is, the more you you need to call me, and that's what I do. (laughs) So when complexity starts to creep in, And you're really having a lot of tax things you're having to talk about and how you're setting up businesses and companies and wills and trusts and estate planning and financial planning and banking relationships and all that. That's where I get involved to figure those things out. I'm a personal CFO for my clients Mm -hmm. to help them with their personal wealth. And if they have a business, then I've got an entire set of resources for business wealth as well. And so I do everything from college and 529 planning to advanced estate planning for South Dakota trusts where everything's super private for significant amount of wealth. And we do all the investing and we do all the tax planning with CPAs and that to figure out the best way we set up 401k plans and qualified plans for business owners. 
And the whole point of it is, how do we take less risk? How do we save in taxes? How do we make smart decisions with our money so that we can protect the assets that you have? Mm-hmm. And then they're also set up so they transfer to those that you love. And if you're charitably inclined, how do we magnify those gifts? Those are the five big things that we do for our clients in all those different areas and try and bring peace. I call it elegant simplicity <laughs> to their lives for financial planning and wealth management. That's in an eggshell what we do for our clients. That's awesome. It made me think, I always say, order creates peace. And then just like financial order creates peace. Yeah. And when we talk a lot about health and wellness, I mean, and, and financial mm-hmm. health is a real thing. Yeah. Like yeah. is if you're not financially healthy, then you don't have the peace. You don't have, you're just kind of well, I, I think since 2020, many people's financial health took a hard stop, hard turn and flipped upside down and all the things. Right. So I think it is something that we need to be discussing more and bringing the future into it, not just mm-hmm. the current. Sometimes we do get in that, like, just living in the moment part. Like, let's just get through this part of life. Let's just get through this part of life. And it's five years later and it's 10 years later. Well, they say that you have two lives to live. And the second one begins when you realize you only have one. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. Because you can play around and mess around and jack around and all that until you realize, mm-hmm. I only got one shot at this. Yeah. And the earlier you realize that, then the more you'll pay attention to health, mm-hmm. to your relationships to your family, to your wealth, to the organizations and things that you care about. And you'll put priority on those. And those are your spiritual health as well. Yeah. But you put all that together. But when you realize that, that's when the life really begins and things light up and you go, man, I really should make this count. Absolutely. You know, yeah. but I need a purpose. I need a direction. Too many times we spend a lot of time, I call it navel gazing, trying to figure out what's my purpose in life and all those things. Mm-hmm. When it's really about, you just need to have a vision and it needs to be directionally accurate. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. And then you can move forward a year or two and then you can see now what's my vision mm-hmm. because it changes. You don't know where you're going to end up and it doesn't always work the way you think it's going to work, but it's only when you get there and you look back yeah. of all the people and situations and the doors and the opportunities that happen along your life to get you to where you are at yeah. some point. And very rarely did somebody sit down at 14 and go, Here's everything that's going right. to happen for me until I'm 15. <laughs> and it then it actually is accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if exactly. it's a habit of well, this is what I want to do at 14 and this mm-hmm. is what I want to do at 16 and here's what I want to do at 18 and 20, as long as you're directionally accurate with what's important to you and your purpose, you'll get there. Yeah. It's so good. I think we should end on that. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for your wisdom and knowledge in so many of these areas. And we'll put your website, which is retirewithtrue.com. Yes. And our show notes for our listeners and all of your social media links and ways that they can find you and ask you questions or decide to work with you. And that has been it, Housewives. Yes. Until next week. Have a good one. Bye. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow and living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook, link in the show notes, and be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.